Another work week down, another episode of the leadoff to get you ready for your sports Saturday. Hello, everybody. I'm Ashton sitting here with Tony and Landon as usual. And thank you for entrusting us to get you prepped and ready for this weekend. Uh, what's going on, guys? Man, I'm, I know you're tired. I'm tired. <laughs> too, much, too much sports going on in the month of October. Too many sports that go late into the evenings. Uh, busy week this week, man. Just So doing Friday night football, which is a blast. It's kind of a burden when you have to do it, and then you get, get closer. It gets exciting, and then especially after last night's game, if you look behind Tony, you can see the game uh, right there. So after, if you didn't see it last night, after you're done watching the leadoff, go uh, check it out because it was an exciting game. Um, but I find myself doing a lot of my show prep Friday afternoon for this because, you know, I wake up early to, to start my show prep. And it's just not enough time anymore with every major sport going on right now, plus college football. Uh, and then doing Friday night football, which, which again was a blast, but it's a quick turnaround from, getting home 11.30 midnight, uh, waking up at 5 a.m. to get ready for all of this. Uh, but but very fun. And, and again, it was Azel and Saginaw last night. Not your your big hitting traditional power schools. It's, yeah, it's not Duncanville. It's not Alito. But I wouldn't even call it small time because they're still 5A schools. But small time Texas high school football is still Texas high school football. Yeah. For the sure. same with – okay texas barbecue is still pretty good barbecue you know yeah and even when you're dealing with a team that hasn't won a game and a team that's only won one game they still put on a really good show last night and it came down to the wire yeah um, another uh, another one to the wire saginaw has uh, played a couple of those those recently we're not going to give anything away but uh, go check go check that stream out and yeah, um, yeah you're not going you're going to want to watch it down to the last second yeah it was back and forth a uh, lot of lot of big some plays, leads, a lot of comebacks. turnovers. Some, yeah, yeah, there were yeah. J- just back and forth. A lot of uh, momentum changing I mean, plays. Probably even say blown leads. Uh, multi double digit leads. You know, uh, on both sides. Well, I guess Azel never really got up that high, but it was just back and forth. A lot of lead changes. Uh, big play ex- after big exciting. play. I, I, I mean, you can even say the start of the game. With within ten seconds of the game, there was a touchdown. They ran back the the initial kickoff that uh, Saginaw did. Yeah. Ran back the initial kickoff. And then Azel comes back and, and scores within like two minutes Yeah, uh, on their offense. I mean, you don't really have to be invested in these teams to enjoy that game. Um, it, you know, when it's sh- low-scoring defensive battles, sometimes you have to, to really uh, understand the teams. But this was just uh, crazy plays. Uh, a really, really fun game to do. So... Uh, that game, obviously, I mean, it didn't go late for high school football, but by the time I get home, it's, you know, whatever. Kids are all in the bed sleeping with mom, so I just, you know, plopped right on the couch and, and turned on uh, another game for Friday night. Like, you know, speaking of Friday night football, it was the collegiate level. So Colorado's up by 29 points. So I just turned that Colorado-Stanford, turned that game on, just kind of go to sleep. And then um, yeah, I actually turned I'm going to apologize off. to Dion, Coach Prime. Because I may have I may have cursed it because they were just blowing out Stanford oh, same, until I turned the game on. Same for me. I mean, Stanford came back and scored a touchdown. I thought, eh, you know what, this thing. I mean, go back. They're up twenty nine points. They're going for it on like a fourth and four, just because 
It's like we're up 29 points in the first half. We're just going to try some stuff. If we get in a tight game and we need to go for on a fourth down, they're going to do it. They they were they were pretty much just pulling things out of the playbook, end around plays, reverse plays. Like they were just using stuff to just like a practice and they got lackadaisical. Yeah, I and mean, Stanford scored their first touchdown. I thought, "Eh, it's this still isn't too much of a game." I, I turned it off. There was a there was a turning point when they were still down, <clears throat> I think 10. But the touchdown to bring him within 10, um, it was like a third down play incomplete, but there was a holding call, and Colorado accepted it. I was like, okay, it makes the field goal a little harder if they can stop them. Um, but interesting, I'm like, just just let him kick the field goal. Let's not, not, not give him another chance. And then uh, they co-play, and they're third and 16 or something like that. Uh, they don't get the play, but that's when, I don't remember who it was, but after the play, Colorado kind of got pissed off and pushed pushed him after the play, uh, pretty high up. They got really frustrated. It caused automatic first down, and Stanford scored a touchdown. And that's when I thought they're getting frustrated. They're you know they're getting upset. They that uh, they're feeling the pressure. I was like, when you start doing things like that, it's uh, it's kind of all downhill from there. Like it's plays like that. It's not you know if. Uh, it, it even worked out last night where the last drive of the game, and I'm going to get it, give it away, but there was an interception on third down. So they get the ball at the 50-yard line instead of throw it away, pump the ball away, they get the ball probably at the 20-yard line. Not only does it break up that difference uh, in field position, but you have the momentum from getting the turnover and you're really excited and pumped the same way as – if they would have given up a touchdown, forget the fact that they stopped him and they were going to make him kick a field goal. If they give up a touchdown, that's different. But on a penalty like that, where now the defense is kind of like, man, we stopped them twice, pretty much. Uh, and now we're giving them the ball back. It really affects you mentally. I think that's that's what, you know, in terms of momentum, really changes the game. Well, this comes off of this week when Dion called out staffers, players for – you know, really locking in and really wanting to wanting to be there and, and, you know, the competitiveness level and what he's allowing to happen and him, you know, <clears throat> turning these, you know, young men into adults, you know, you know, and it's after that, you see him up 29. I thought, man, his message was, was received. They heard it. Yeah. But then for everything to kind of go to crap for them, uh, have we overhyped Colorado? I don't. I don't think so. They seem they've been getting a lot of attention, but in my mind, I mean, I'm I never said that or thought that they were like national championship contenders. I, I don't know if anybody reputable really ever said that. I mean, because you play TCU, um, Nebraska. And then, of course, Colorado State State game was hyped, overhyped, not overhyped. It was a really good game, um, but far lesser opponent in Colorado State. And you go to double or triple overtime, whatever that ended up being. Um, I, th- I think Dion is the reason they're hyped. You know, Co- coach Prime, the Dion effect. Because you put any other coach in that situation and you get the exact same outcomes, I, I don't think they're – on college game day. I don't think everybody's staying up till 2 a.m. to watch them 
beat Colorado State or even a lot of probably a lot of haters watching to make sure they Stanford completes the comeback and they lose yeah. to Stanford. Um, <clears throat> but they had one win last year. They for the most point uh, for the most part of the USC game, USC had their number. So halfway they came through the season, they are four times better than they were last year. Yeah, which is what we we expected. We expected they would have some sort of. It's turnaround. the first year of a rebuild. I mean, it's not just Dion. They brought in top talent into this. You know, they cut loose a lot of players off of a one win team. Yeah, to bring in top talent, and they and, did it well. And coaches say that's not not how it works in college, and it works. I mean, if you go from, um. Let's just say they don't win another game, but Pac Pac twelve is one of the better, probably the best football school this year or football conference this year. They don't win another game, which is very unlikely. You quadruple your number of wins. Now I'd be high, highly disappointed with with some of the hype that went in starting off three and zero, competing, you know, twenty one, yeah, competing against USC late in that game. Um, but you change a lot of things up, and you you go from one win to I don't know they'll probably win six or seven games I think I don't have the rest of their schedule in front of me, um, but it's got to be successful. It's just like and then transition going into the Big Twelve next year. Yeah, with Texas leaving, Oklahoma leaving, right? Yeah, it leaves a big spot there. Right? I mean, obviously Texas and OU are even arguably they're the top two teams in the Big Twelve right now. Um, where there's a big spot left there and and you're leaving Colorado next year obviously a better a pack 12 yeah uh, to a lesser big to very competitive but lesser big 12 where you have an opportunity you could win the big 12 next season as yeah. colorado because you only imagine like you said in college football because of college football <clears throat> excuse me previously you would see like it would be hard to have a big turnaround season to season because you're dealing with recruiting classes and and you have these guys that are here for multiple years that you have to phase out. You know, there, there wasn't a situation like in professional sports where you could make trades and, and drastically improve your team. Now with the transfer portal, you can. In one season, you can drastically turn your program around. And, and I think the Dion effect, at minimum, will last for two or three years. Now, if Colorado goes back to mediocrity, Maybe some of that shine rubs off. I mean, you already see them changing rules where if it's an unofficial visit, you can't take pictures, which coaches were complaining because that's what does Dion do when he goes to everyone wants to take a picture with with Prime with his take a picture with his Lamborghini. Yeah, um, which I thought whatever. I mean, who NCA? I think anytime they make rules, you you very rarely agree with them one way or the other. But I I get it. Uh, not many college coaches are flashy like that you don't want that to and, and of course if my kid's going to i mean landon knows this you go college uh potential college sports is i don't want my kid to pick that school because of coach prime coming in with his lamborghini yeah you know um i think for most kids the program doesn't matter as much uh if you're not necessarily looking at nfl or anything like that it's more how the school fits with you are you gonna is the environment better for your kid um and not that you know dion or coach Pro, whatever you want to uh, i don't think he's bad for anybody but i want if my kid goes to colorado great i don't want that to be the reason so so i get i get that aspect but i, I don't think they're overhyped i think people got really excited when it happened uh but however they finish the season if you tell me this is how this is going to be their record 
they're going to compete. They're going to do this. I think you would take that before the beginning of the season because Colorado is excited. Obviously, they sold out all season thinking mm-hmm. this is going to be a big year. A lot of experts were saying this might be the worst roster in college football history. So um, now that you get into it, just like which we'll talk about the playoff, MLB playoffs here in a minute, being a Rangers fan, making that turnaround in one year, if they get swept by the Astros in the ALCS, Looking back, it's a very successful season, regardless. But now that you're here, well, that's what you have to. You're like, oh, we we get blown out. I mean, we we lose to Stanford, uh, get blown out by Oregon, barely lose to USC. Those are disappointing. But if you look at those, the thing, hey, in seven games you're going to be four and three. I think as as Colorado, you take that to an extent. Yeah, and that's where Colorado. I mean. It is a successful season. They, I, I think they have been overhyped. I mean, <clears throat> a team that you think is going to win six or seven games shouldn't be on nas- nationally televised. They shouldn't be on college game day. They shouldn't, like, the stars shouldn't, you know, wouldn't be there normally. All these A-listers, you know, last night you had a ton of them there too. Like, these, that doesn't happen on a six or seven win season team. Yeah. It doesn't. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Name one. Show me one situation I mean, where that happens on a consistent basis. If it's like basis. A Texas and Notre Dame mm-hmm. Like a something. one, a single game. We're talking about week after week after week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's continually growing. Or we really didn't even intend on talking about Colorado today. No, we until, didn't really. Until then. Um, yeah, right. I mean, if Colorado pulls off the win, we're probably not talking about them. But because they gave up this big loss, we are. That shows, I mean, them to even get themselves in a position to be up by 29 shows that they do have the talent. This is a talented roster. I don't care what any of the so-called experts say. This is a talented roster. Do they have holes? Absolutely. Their offensive line struggling. Um, Their defense is is mediocre, I think. It's what happens when you make a big leap and it's the first year, quote-unquote, of a rebuild. Is it's classic. You have a hard time finishing games. Well, and now they know what their problems are, but it's not like the NFL or any other professional sport where you can go in and make those corrections midseason. They're stuck with the roster they have. There's yeah. no adding, taking away. Like they're stuck with what they have. They're going to go through the offseason and figure out they're going to fix this offensive line. I mean, Dion has brought in the specialty players. Now he can go out and find the offensive linemen defensive lineman he can bring in now that, that he shows talent. now that he shows it's it's not fantasy football like hey we're doing something legitimate here i think yeah for sure uh, if he goes out brings us roster and wins two or three games I mean, this they, season that's they that's put different colorado football on the map or the university of colorado in general they put them on the map for people that didn't care or even really know much about colorado he's put them on the map he has changed that culture and changed the culture of college football for the better, and we've talked about that, and we all agree on that. I think this Colorado team could be a team to be reckoned with next season. When they have a they have a season under their belt, they know what their weaknesses are. They can go out and recruit to those weaknesses, have another good dra- uh, recruiting class come in. I, I think I think and moving to the Big Twelve, which yes will be a possibly I would say for sure weaker than what they're in now with the Pac twelve. I think they're going to be. You do have I, I, Utah I think, going to the Big Twelve as well. I still think they're yeah. they're one of the favorites, at least to make it to the Big Twelve championship next season. I agree. Oh man, the Dion effect. We're talking about a Stanford 
We're talking about a Colorado a four game. And three, a four and three Colorado team. A Stanford, Colorado, both unranked team um, leading off our show. But let's get this show started. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that like button. If you don't like what you hear, uh, hit, hit the like button twice. Uh, this this uh, episode of Lead Off is brought to you by Betalytics. I'm just going to free ball this. I'm not even going to pull up the live spot. Go to betalytics.com. Use the promo code PEAK1 for 25% off when you sign up. We're about to talk MLB playoffs. Uh, if you normally bet on baseball, Landon can attest to this. Don't bet with your gut. Don't. It completely changes in the playoffs. You you can't you can't make any predictions. Betalytics uses AI uh, algorithms, uses all kind of different prop bets. Um, just go on there. Lots of times you get free prop bets. You follow Betalytics, follow us. You get free player props uh, here and there. Test it out. I can attest to it as well. I use it from time to time. Um, just take just take your gut out of it. Don't worry about. It. Don't bet with your gut. Let uh, let them make the decision for you. Can we start with the uh, the NLCS and the NL side? Sure. I think that's the most surprising, is it not? The Do Dodgers Dodgers well, get swept. This is the first time in that's, the history of MLB Braves, Braves that get the, knocked out. I mean, do we expect the Braves classic Dodger fashion get knocked out in the playoffs by a team who's not better than you? They're and really the, the Braves. Can we say they're the Cowboys of yes, Major League? Like they they're are. one championships, the bubble championship, mm-hmm. and yeah. The Braves are the. I like, still think I don't want to. I still think the Braves are the most talented team in Major League Baseball. The Braves are the poster lost. child for October is a completely <clears throat> different season than the summer. I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr. had probably one of the best summers in MLB history, easily the MVP, NL MVP. Mm-hmm. October didn't do anything. Yeah, but someone like Corey Seager. Who he had a great summer, but compared to him, Ronald Acuna, like that's not like night and day difference. Yeah, I have. I don't know if I've seen Corey Seager get out yet. Yeah, I really don't know if he's had gotten out. He's um, been intentionally walked more times than he has actual at bats. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so the first time in uh, MLB history, the final four teams, none none of them have won over 90 games. You know, the Phillies, Astros, and Rangers all have 90 wins. Obviously, the D-backs have less. Really interesting that the if the Rangers win, no matter what, they have home field advantage, having a better record than the D-backs, and they have the tiebreaker over the Phillies. Obviously, they swept them first opening series. Uh, can we all agree that all-star game deciding home field advantage in the World Series was stupid? Yeah, trying trying to make it relevant. Thing. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I though. mean, it gives the game a if it's like, like meaning a Pro Bowl gimmick or something. I get it, but. I think the MLB all that out of all the All Star games in major sports, that's probably the. I mean, I know NBA All Star Weekend is kind of cool, but for the game itself, it's definitely way better than the Pro Bowl. I don't care if Pro Bowl gets slightly better ratings. It's football. I don't care, but I think ML the MLB All Star game has something there that people are more excited about. You don't need that gimmick, and I think it cost the Rangers, you know, a World Series in twenty eleven. <laughs> Not because yeah, they I mean, should have had home field advantage, but I think for sure the, you know, there should be other analytics that are used with, you know, winning series, uh, you know, the head-to-head matchups, things like that. You know, I mean, what's another option could be just alternating like you do with the Super Bowl, which that doesn't matter as much, but 
This year's the a the AL has home field. Next year, NL has home field. The following year, AL has home field. The next, I year, mean, that's NL better than let, you know, letting the all star all star game um, decide that. I mean, typically, if if you're most of the all stars are on teams that are competing for a championship, but I, I know they have a rule that you have to have one all star from every team. So a lot of, a lot of guys don't even care uh, one way or the other, but. Now that they have the new schedule in MLB where you play every team once, it's pretty much a evened out schedule. Um, I think I think you can do that. I'm I, I don't know what the Diamondbacks, you know, looking down their schedule. Um, I can make an argument that AL West was better than the NL West, although you got to play Oakland how many ever times, fifteen times, whatever it comes out to. Uh, but if the D-backs and Rangers go, I don't think D-backs are going to say we had a tougher schedule. It wasn't even. Um, that's a lot less controversial than letting the Is, All-Star game if decide. If Phillies advance, do they have the upper hand? I think the with, Phillies with would home be... field because of the time of year in October, the cooler weather in Philadelphia. Is I that, mean, there's that there's no comparison. I if you rank home field advantage right now, I think Philly has it Astros probably close second just because yeah they've been this is their seventh straight time the a- I mean, we saw Houston go into Philly last year yeah 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 that's true um but if it was like Philly uh, Philly's Astros I, I would probably pick the Phillies uh I don't know who has home field advantage of that. I know they have both the same record I don't know what their head-to-head is uh but I don't know. That'd be that's probably what most people are picking the series to be because I know the Rangers had the least chance of making it out of the the DS. But that's all from the regular season statistics because yeah. they lost the, to the Astros in the, the series. It's complete. Yeah, it's completely different now. Um, now you look at you go to the ALCS. Does the Rangers? I mean, the Astros are obviously going to be favorited. Uh, they had the Rangers number through the regular season, but right now the Rangers are hot. They haven't lost a yeah. game in the playoffs. Uh, it's hard to bet against them. But at the same time, you're kind of wondering, like, well, it's the Rangers played well against the Orioles, a good matchup. They they beat the Rays. They had more wins against the Rays than they did losses. So that kind of makes sense. And and the Rays don't even have a home field advantage. If anything, that's better for yeah. <laughs> it's better for the other team, um, which we need to talk about they they need to take i don't care the reason i don't care if it's the stadiums in st petersburg I care if florida's filled with mostly Yan- retired yankees and red sox fans i don't care the reason tampa you need to get the team out of tampa bay i don't there's way more teams that'll show more support yeah. neither here nor there we'll talk about that in a different episode uh but but right now i think i think the rangers kind of have an upper hand i mean obviously we'll see tomorrow game 1 um, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. So let's see yeah. who punches first. Yeah, I, I think the the Rangers are, are going to be a scary team. You know, Houston's going to come with a lot of confidence, but like we talked about with the whole Colorado deal, Texas has nothing to lose. Houston has everything to lose. Yeah, if Houston comes in and, and loses Game One. That's going to the look pressure's on Yeah, the, then they have a lot of pressure uh, on them. Texas is playing with house money. Like I yep. said, they it, it was successful. I think it was successful once they made the playoffs. Uh, for sure, successful season after they swept the Rays. I still feel weird saying swept in two games. That's just yeah. Uh, either way, then they swept the best team in baseball record-wise. Yeah. 
Uh, obviously, I, I agree the Braves are probably better, but at least in the AL, the Orioles yeah. were definitely best, the definitely better Definitely the best team. AL team. Um, but look at all the teams that had buys. Astros are the only team to, to make it out of there. So maybe uh, maybe there is something to be said for momentum rather than being able to rest your starters. Uh, the Rangers' downfall, obviously, their bullpen, we'll find out um, how the starters how the starters the do. Starters Max, been... Max Scherzer, I think... They've already listed game one and game two starters. I don't know that Scherzer will start. I think he's better off starting and going for like two or three innings. But I agree with the. I don't know if the Rangers are doing this, but I agree with their what they're doing with Scherzer because I think the first time he comes in should be at home in front of their home crowd because the playoffs, getting your home crowd rocking is it, – it might be the most definitive uh, effect you have on a team. We were talking about home field advantage. NFL, NFL playoffs, sure, but I think MLB playoffs, the te- how loud your home crowd is in in certain situations is has more effect on players than any other sport, I think, personally. And putting Scherzer back in the game, and for, whether it's in a relief role or a starting role, I think you wait to your home to get to really get that uh, that going and getting that uh, element. Yeah, I think if crowd. they're gonna keep him at whatever he's at three, four innings, I think just put him in the bullpen and let him yeah. come in a home game, let him come close something out. In, in a it's, really emotional moment. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Instead of letting him go, I mean, four innings out of a starter is terrible. You saw, we saw it with... Um, I know they have that with like Dane Dunning and, yeah. and, and we saw their other pitchers. Baltimore, when they're... Yeah. I, I don't think their pitcher, they had a pitcher go farther than six innings. The whole series. Yeah, so. when you're down four to nothing, six to nothing. I mean, it's yeah, <clears throat> you got to trust. Luckily, it's obviously not working. Luckily, I think the Rangers probably have the best manager left, or, or probably best manager complete. He's got to win manager of the year, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know you you're not supposed to take playoffs into account in these situations, but whether they improved well, by even fourteen or fifteen team, games, even to get this team into the playoffs. Yeah, this year, and, and had them expected. leading the AL West most of the year, uh, but. I think I mean Bruce Bochy's you're basically starting from zero. You have when they win in on Wednesday, so they have till Sunday. Everything's reset. So really it's it's not work with what you got. You can set up I mean yeah. Astros have the same advantage. They're gonna yeah. be able to pick their lineups and everything, but it's just manager to manager. And I think that's a reason why I have a lot of confidence in the Rangers is Bochy has won thirteen out of the last fourteen series he's made. Well, that's what's so that's great. Third about... team he's taken to a, a, a CS <clears throat> Or LCS, um, that's and that's the only. That's what's great about baseball history. is most all teams are, are matched pretty evenly. Like, and that's the game of baseball is anybody can win at any moment. You can just be on or off a day. It's not like NFL or you know other sports where you know the best teams truly do win. Sometimes the best teams don't win, but a lot of times, especially in the playoff scenarios, like we see, and when we see it down to the final four, you're going to see it. It comes down to managing. What are your what lineups? A lot are you more doing? strategy. How, how can you tell what guy is is hot or is about to be hot? You know, yeah, football, those are you things don't that sub. you can see a guy mentally with the mental game of baseball. You can see when a guy's about to go over a, a hump and, and and get hot again, or sometimes you can see when he's about to hit a slump. You make adjustments, and sometimes you're like, "Well, why would you do that?" When then it's like, "Well, man, this was a great idea. This kid just went yeah. off." You know, that's that's where it's going to come down. And in the past, we've seen Houston. You know, Dusty Baker, obvious. You know arguably one of the best managers in history. Yeah. You know, 
he's shown that in the past what i don't know half a decade or so now that houston's been and i think that's kind really of gone, gone under the radar <clears throat> two amazing managers going up against each other it's yeah. just kind of been hey an all texas alcs and i think it's kind of gone under the radar where two obviously hall of fame managers yeah um but but no you're right i think baseball has, i mean other sports you don't strategize as much as baseball i think uh nfl you don't really sub that much maybe on defense a little more um strategy wise basketball you put different lineups uh but baseball with with really one manager making the decisions like in football your defense coordinator offensive coordinator making a lot of those decisions special teams coach uh or baseball you're picking the lineup what can be different every day you're talking about pitch hitting you're talking about your pitchers you're like bringing in when do you bring in a certain relief pitcher you're i mean for the most part, you're not messing around with quarterbacks. You're not saying, okay, let's bring the quarterback in for this, you know, yeah. this situation. Uh, really, on offense, I mean, there's certain plays you bring in different running backs and different packages for. Uh, but I think any coach of any sport, baseball might have the most effect. I mean, NFL for sure. I think basketball coaches are overhyped. I think in the NBA, uh, depending on, I mean, if LeBron James is on your team, I think he's you're really running the offense around him. It's not very, very difficult. You just have to win it on the court. Uh, But man, it's, it's going to be a great series to watch. I hope, I hope it goes six or seven games regardless. I mean, I'd love for the Rangers to sweep, Uh, but either way, I hope it's going to be a good competitive legendary series with two great managers. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A couple teams. You're just going to probably see beat up on each other. Yeah. to make it to the World Series. And, and I could see the Astros winning in five. I could see the Rangers winning in five. I could see this going seven games. Uh, it's it's going to be a really interesting series when you have division rivals who really they really know each other. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we already talked some college football. Let's uh, let's move on. We were talking about how the Pac-12 is some of the, great, you know, the greatest football conference right now, talent-wise. And the two big matchups, three of these four teams are in the Pac-12 uh Number eight, Oregon, at number seven, Washington. Uh, really under-the-radar, low-key teams. Maybe Oregon, not quite so much. But um, I think, I mean, it's a great matchup. It's it's going to be difficult. You're really not used to seeing Washington being, you know, Washington not being a big power and being on the West Coast where most of like, I barely see Colorado games because they go till 2 a.m. most night, most time. Yeah. Um, but... Oregon, Colorado. I mean, uh, Oregon, Washington. This would be a good, a good matchup. Yeah, you don't expect at this point in the season to see two top top ten teams face each other in, in the same conference. Yeah, usually, I mean, if, if you know they're going to be really good, you wait till later uh, in the season to get that matchup late. But um, I know Washington. I mean, they're they're doing better than most people thought. But I mean. They were ranked at the beginning of the year. It's not not a huge surprise in Oregon. Most years uh, are ranked pretty high. And then a big rivalry game, uh, number 10 USC at number 21 Notre Dame. Do we know why this is a rivalry game? I know they always play. I mean, it's just kind of random. No, Notre Dame has a lot of weird rivals just because they, they're independent and they don't want to be part of a conference. So they always play Army, USC. They just have all these weird games. Yeah, and I guess that makes more rivalries when – you do have those random games from other conferences and uh Notre Dame I think will hold their own against USC. I mean they took Ohio State to the last play. Uh although they Duke took them to the last play, so 
uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe it'll be a testament to Duke if Notre Dame can can hold up in this game. Yeah. Um, jumping to the NFL, not a whole lot of great matchups. We'll have Ravens-Titans. Not, that's not necessarily a great game, but it's in London. It's this week's London. I think the third straight international game. Third straight week of international. Um, Again, another 825. Are you going to wake up early? I mean, you'll probably be up anyways, but anybody yeah. have any interest? I might turn it on in the background. Yeah, just I mean, that's London how I've game. been watching things, except for week the first week of it when they did the Toy Story. You know, I did tune into I think, that, but I think it's, which I think was a good gimmick for the NFL to get people to tune in that week. I'm sure the ratings were through the roof just because people wanted to see how that was going to go. Yeah, and it, it'll look like a big success. Um, but for what their goal was to get kids into it, I don't think my kids could care less about it. We watched probably the first half like that. There were a lot of hiccups here and there, but um, I think I was watching it more. They they were they thought it was cool at first, and then they're like, okay, this is this yeah. is a football game. I don't care. Uh, and then it was just me watching Toy Story football. I was curious to see because there was a lot of issues at first. Like yeah. like you, they weren't even they weren't even showing the game. It was just the the two commentators were talking in their toy. Yeah story selves yeah you see glitches selves. in the in the background and of stuff so i was interested in watching it more because of that and then they finally got it together but it's funny i caught myself like i'm just in here watching a toy story game by myself yeah i think the time the time definitely is an issue with the nfl and the london games um even because for, even for people like us that follow sports um if you have a team, though, I know we talked about maybe it's it. just because they're not competitive matchups. But if you have a team in London, they, they're not going to fall to the normal. Like, it doesn't matter if you're East Coast or West Coast. If the Chargers are playing an early game, it's 10 a.m. there, you know, when they start. So, in London, that's a, what do we come up with, like a 2 o'clock game, 1 o'clock game? It's a, it's a weird time anyway. It's not a normal starting time. That And that's central time. Compared to Central Time, eight twenty-five, and what London time would be, and we talked about what what time would they start? I mean, obviously, you if they were on Monday Night Football, your start. I guess you just say screw it, and we started at eight o'clock uh, Eastern Time, seven o'clock our time, or Sunday Night Football, and they're starting at midnight or whatever there. So obviously, you you couldn't, you would have to you know work that out one way or the other, but. I think that's part of the hesitation too. Like I don't, I don't know if the NFL really wants to move a team there. They say we want to. That's why we have these games. But they are going to have a game in in Brazil, Buenos Aires, I think, later on this year. Is that the right town? Maybe Rio. Rio. But they're probably not moving a team there. Yeah, they're having it in the Germany. Mexico, I don't know Mexico yeah. City game. And you know, honestly, I think that's <clears throat> should be the most likely option is mexico city if you're going to go international because the travel is not going to be a huge issue i mean time zone wise i mean obviously it's pretty far south and i think you probably have more nfl fans in mexico city i know it's fun i like watching the london games to watch the crowd yeah because they're kind of crazy they just like americans in soccer most americans they don't understand the times to be loud so they're just loud all the time yeah constantly it's just constant and then you have like you could probably pick find a fan and see all 32 jerseys, oh, uh, yeah, 32 team sure. jersey there. Uh, I think they got a shot last week. Was it the Jets? I can't remember the matchup last week. Jaguars and Bills. Whoever, the Bills. And there, oh yeah, it was the Bills. So there was a shot where there were like 10 people and all of them were wearing Bills and Jaguars apparel. And I thought that's 
you're always going to get this random <clears throat> Colts fan in there or whatever. Just because they have an NFL jersey. I'm wearing an NFL jersey. It's an NFL game. They don't care. Which I, I guess it might be the same I think there's got to be a plan for the NFL behind this. And, you know, you had the Jaguars there for two weeks. You know, they're testing out different scenarios. Having the Jaguars there, the Jaguars seemed to come out nice, fresh, and, and ended up beating the Bills. You know, were, were they better off by being there a week and not having the jet lag of traveling that same week they played? Uh, yeah, getting maybe, over whatever. Maybe that's that. And we talked about them. I mean, the Jaguars were are going to be a competitive team, probably a playoff team. That was probably a preview of a playoff matchup. But, you know, we've, I think we're seeing the making of them going to London. There will be a team in London. Timeline, I don't know how long it's going to be. But you have to imagine that's what the plan is and why they continue to play games there. They're they're trying to see what the viewership's like, the time of the game, how does that work? The travel for multiple teams, how does that work? How does it work having a team stay there an extra week, you know, play back to back weeks there? It, it, and it shows the players, the players' associations, the fans that hey, it's working mm-hmm. uh, one way or another. Whether it's like we talked before, starting out your first four games in the states then four games in back london if you have your team there and then four games back or maybe eight games in london then four games uh it's obviously not going to be back and forth you would you would have to do it differently i don't know if then you start talking about well if you have eight home games or four home games in a row what is that uh how does that benefit you more um and then obviously having teams i think like we, we talked about it would be it would be more beneficial to either have a couple teams or an entire division there so that you don't necessarily have to have that team play all of their home games all in one four week stretch. Yeah. That you could rotate them around. They might have a couple home and then a couple over here in Berlin or wherever they're at. And then come into the States and play, you know, and maybe you have it where you have groups of teams traveling to the States and groups of teams coming going overseas and that, cause that's a much smaller geographical area where maybe you you're have not always playing the two. road team coming from America. Yeah. You pick, yeah. let's just say, cause you would have probably have like schedules. The Cowboys and Eagles go play Cowboys, play the London team. The Eagles play Berlin or Paris and then maybe or whatever. They switch that they week. Swap. So they're doing a two week yeah. stretch there and then come back. Yeah. And you could probably manage the bye weeks where most of the time, if you can, the team's going to have a bye week, and then they're going or vice versa. They're going international. Then they have a bye week. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of different ways to go about it. Um, probably the biggest matchup, uh, Monday night football, Cowboys chargers, Cowboys trying to rebound after humiliating loss, uh, to the 49ers on Sunday night football last week. Uh, a lot of intrigue with going with Kellen Moore now that you know. I mean, again, the offense is, is struggling, and the, the knock for years has been: is it Kellen? Is it Dak? And now you'll see. We'll see what Kellen's gone, and the offense hasn't changed much. Yeah, and and now you'll see what Kellen's offense take over with this. It seems like wounded defense. We thought it might have been the best ever, at least the top defense. Yeah, they've in they've history. been exposed the past few weeks, and. And, we'll see if Kellen Morgan. I think you know that's, that's can find that brown spot or that black spot. In the I think that's the story it. in it is can he can he capitalize on what weaknesses we're starting? And to that's going to be a story if the Cowboys' offense struggles at all. If the Chargers win this game, which is it's a good they're a good team. They have every chance to win this game. It's at home, which in LA might as well be a Cowboys home game, especially with the Chargers being LA's second team. 
Um, if if the Cowboys' offense is struggling and the Chargers' offense is the reason they win the game, that's definitely going to be a storyline one way or the other, where, whether it's for sure Kellen's play calling or not. But it, it's a big storyline that I think uh, is bad timing for the Cowboys and kind of the situation they're in because with the, with the Chargers' defense, the Cowboys should have no issue offensively. Um, Chargers do have a good offense. I think there's something like... 49 of 50 on seam routes or something something weird like odd stat where he's throwing one uh herbert's throwing one incompletion on this uh so the defense might struggle a little bit i think uh it just depends if we're going to get the defense that we saw against new both new york teams or we're going to get in cowboys fashion you could see the cowboys go out and dominate and win this game by you know 20 points which would be which would be beneficial to them. I mean, going on a bye week, you don't want to have a two game losing streak, a horrible loss against the 49ers, which you're really like hoping we may lose this game, but you know, this is a measuring stick game. I mean, at the point they're at now, and I know we're still really early in the season, they're fighting for a wild card spot. You know, it, it's unlikely that we're gonna see the you're, you're Eagles, down yeah, you're down Eagles two tank. games. I mean yeah, there's there's no reason the Eagles aren't just going to roll. Even if you beat the Eagles, I mean, I I, I think the it, it's weird to say you the have Eagles control of your own destiny the, the this early, much have but the NFC East at hand. I mean, the Cowboys can go and beat them twice. It'd be very difficult. I don't imagine that happening. But I mean, you do have the cards in your hand. You go. It doesn't matter. Eagles could win out. You win out as well, which is really hard. But you've played most of your hard games outside of Philadelphia. But you'd hold a tiebreaker against them. That's why, until you play Philadelphia, keeping it within two games at least keeps it in your control. Uh, but it's really early to talk about that. But it's just like the Cowboys. They have a bad game, and you're worried about them. And then they go out and have a good game. You're like, oh, yeah, we're going to win the Super Bowl. That's typically yeah, the team typ- we thought we had. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's always back and forth with the Cowboys. And um, I I do have faith if the defense can hold out that they can win with Dak. Uh, but as we saw in San Francisco, they can't – Dak can't be the reason they win because once he starts trying to take over, throw it downfield, he's going to turn the ball over. Um, real quick, Landon, if you want to go to – we're going to do the thread brought to you by Apogee Graphics and see some of the college football uh, uniforms we're going to see today. If Tony, you want to take this these, over? Uh... These are just a few you're going to see. We'll start with Utah's. Um, it's a pretty cool tribal design on the helmets. Um, but one thing they came out yesterday with a, a last-minute change, um, which is kind of weird that they, you know, they pick these uniforms and then they, you know, do these big photo shoots. Who are they playing? I'm trying to think of why. Who are they playing? Does it, uh, I don't know. I don't, just like color guy. Yeah. Is it a night game? You see, usually see it's like all black. I'm not sure that. But so they they're doing a last minute change to red pants with this mm-hmm. uniform with the black helmet with that tribal, um, and then we move down below them the UTSA. You can see there's this is the uh, Mexican Heritage Month, and this is their Mexican Heritage Month helmet with the you see the stripe design. What is it kind of like a chrome finish on these as well on the logos? Those are kind of cool. Um, obviously, Oregon always coming out with something fresh. Uh, you'd see these paint splatter uniforms they'll wear today. Um, like you talked about in that matchup against Washington. 
Uh, and I think Washington, I didn't pull that one, but uh, Washington was wearing, uh, I think it's Washington's, if I remember right, Washington's homecoming game. Utah is playing Cal, so okay. that has nothing to do with yeah. other clash. It's a 2 o'clock game, so yeah. I'm fine with this. I think if you're going to go all black for a night game, that's, that's a thing. Do that. Stick with it. Uh, that's a, that's a cool thing. You don't see many teams, black helmet, black jersey, red pants. I think it'd be yeah, no, kind of, it's, it's like a nice Texas mix. Tech kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, I do believe that Oregon is a duck shell. The what? The Oregon jersey, I duck think that's show. duck shell. That's kind of the like the pattern that they were going for. Public yeah. school system showing here a duck shell. Who knows, man? Ducks have a shell? No, like the egg. Oh, oh, okay, I yeah, got yeah, you. Yeah. I was saying public school system, yeah. me, not no, 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 you. No, no, no. Like, that, what are they teaching you on school now? Ducks come that, from... that does make a lot yeah, of okay. sense. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah, a lot of sense. That does, the, yeah. Okay. The pattern. I like the green. It's kind of like the lizard type. Uh, yeah. Reflective green. And, and then, then the helmets are like all chrome. Possibly my favorite one there. That's Penn State. Yeah. And I know you're just looking at it. You know, you say, oh, okay, well, that's just Penn State, right? The navy white. But on the helmets, and what you can't see in this photo the helmets, they're actually going with large numbers on the sides of the helmet, which we never see. Penn State, right? They just, just a plain, plain helmet. With and that, yeah, that's the more interesting one. I always thought after, like, uh, you know, the Joe Paterno era, we're not going to you know, get into to that, but when you had a coach take over, they were talking about how this is maybe one of the hardest jobs. I think they should just – I'm not a Penn State fan or know much about their tradition – but I thought they should just go start putting names on them, and then there you can see the logo in the background there, like the, the panther or what it nittany lion. Uh, put that logo on the helmet, and like just start your own just your own thing, different. yeah, yeah. New and then like maybe that. throw blue pants in there because they have that's it. This is that's that's about white jerseys, blue jerseys. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no pants. There's no nothing on the helmet. I don't know what it is about this look, though. I guess because we see so many wild, and as you see these others, like wild. This is just radical, basic, but, but that's a great look. For that Penn Navy, State, it's, Navy yeah. top, white, white, and then you throw in those numbers on there, just gives you something extra. Penn State still, even as plain as they stay, have one of the best classic looks of any team in college sports. I think we're moving towards that with alternate uniforms or just like basic yeah. is getting kind of cool. Cause we're coming out of that new millennium alternate, which Oregon's still in there and Oregon's still rocking it. Yeah. Um, where we've gone to this, these bold colors, shiny Chrome, silver reflective, which, which we talked about Oregon. And then we talked about another school a couple of weeks, Miami having that, which, which it still works. Mm -hmm. I think going so far one way and then coming back and just doing these this bold color it looks looks classic to us yeah. very I mean cuz navy and white work so well together um and it's Penn State anything they do is going to going to turn heads yeah. if they're going to change their uniforms uh I think when you go back to basic it's it's interesting I think we're going to go that way with NBA uniforms soon because um which some have cuz you know like Utah I was talking about it you know, months ago on the show that they were wearing the throwbacks. It was the purple and blue with the mountain range. And I'm like, throwbacks? That's like how I envision their uniforms. That is there, yeah. And then the same with Phoenix is they're going towards more basic, as their normal uniforms. But with baseball and, and in the NBA, you see these really wild City Connect and yeah. whatever you call it in, in baseball. Um, whereas I think probably, you know, five to ten years down the road, maybe not that long, that NBA was just going to go back to white uniforms home. Um, 
your main away uniform and then you have a couple of alternates where now it's like sometimes they wear white at home, but there's no rhyme or reason they We've wear We've seen it anything. recently in the NFL and we've talked about it with like the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Buccaneers, even they went going more basic while they're going back to these cleaner, crisp, you know, I don't want to call them plain, but a more basic clean design. Where it was like, uniform. like with the, the Cardinals just recently changing away where I think it was like the Buffalo Bills of the early 2000s, just kind of random. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't work out. And they went back to just basic white helmets, white pants, sometimes blue in their normal Jersey where it was a cool idea. You're just trying to do this random, random stuff. And, and then all this, like Minnesota did it too. And then they kind of went back to like, it, it just didn't hit right. Um, and you even see the Jets kind of going back to a more, I mean, which they have for a couple of years, it, uh, just changing their real look last year, but going back to a, a, a more of a throwback but newer style uniform going with the green helmets Yeah, back uh, from their classic style. You even see, I've, I've just noticed it last year because I don't watch a lot of Patriots games, but it was like their, their alternate uniform is now their regular uniform with the big stripes on the side. Um, that I've just noticed that, that that's now their uniform where you're getting a lot of um, not, I mean, I guess at a certain point you can't keep coming up with newer ideas on uniforms. Uh, some people will keep trying, yeah, no, they just but now you're going to, to a different, yeah, you have the, which I, I feel like late eighties, early nineties, a lot of maybe like high school and college teams had the big stripe like the Patriots have now and has been their alternate the last few years than I guess regular uniform now, uh, home uniform. That you're 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 kind of recycling, and I say recycling, not like it's a bad thing. I like where mm-hmm. uniforms are going. You have to keep changing them nowadays with being able to you know sell more apparel and, and making new jerseys and doing different things. Where instead of going alternate, they're going like the all white ice colors, all yeah. black colors, uh, yeah, and then the they're recycling some. Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're they're doing big stripes, going back to basics. Um, instead of doing, there was a time there where everybody. A lot of teams and a lot of leagues are going all silver, you know, all, you know, um, whatever their alternate, which the Texans just didn't, I love. And I've been thinking they should do this for a while. They, you're basically leaving the same uniforms, just changing it to your different color. And the Texans wore a red helmet. Yeah. I don't know if that's the first time they've done that. They've I think it is. worn all red uniforms without the helmet. But I think it's the first uh, time they've gone with a red but helmet. Yeah, I like the change, the change for them because the Texans are one that they probably really need new uniforms. They've never... They've wore alternate, worn alternate, but they've had the same uniforms since for 21 years. Yeah, since they've been around, um, and, and I think you're you're getting more basic, but but it doesn't seem lazy because you're really changing it up. Not just they're red, white, and blue. They always wear blue. You know, make them wear red. Yeah, you know, type deals. Um, anything else, guys? Anything you want to talk about? This like, Landon, you've been pretty quiet. Who, who late, comes out of the a- ALCS and NLCS? Predictions. Big predictions. predictions. I mean, those series will probably still be going on. Well, let's get on the by, books by now. our next show. Let's yeah. Get on the books now. For the World Series? Yeah. yeah just pick your World Series teams mm-hmm. and, and what how many games you think it's going to take. I don't know. Probably, probably Philly Rangers. There's n- there's no way the D-backs make it out of that championship series. So. It's going yeah, to no be way. difficult on the road. Uh, I don't think the Phillies have any issue with uh, with Arizona's crowd. Arizona's not that good. 
Uh, they get. I mean, you say that, but they swept the Rangers recently here late in the season, <laughs> and they haven't lost in the playoffs either. Mm, they played true. the Dodgers, but they just yeah. I was gonna say they, they just beat the Dodgers, Dodgers, but you made a good point. They play the Dodgers in the the division series. Um, man, I think it's going to be a tough series. I I think the Rangers split on the road. They win two at home, and then I'm gonna say they win it in six. It's gonna be difficult to win on the road in that clinching game. I'll say Rangers in six. Uh, yeah, I think the Phillies are going to win in five. I'd love to see the Rangers win, but I think we're going to see a, a rematch. The World Series, Houston and, and the Phillies. Yeah, I keep thinking uh, the I Rangers like the are about a year behind but... of that, but I thought the same thing. They're about a year behind. Just get into the playoffs so I get that playoff experience. Now, if, if the Rangers come out, I'll eat my words, and I'll come on the show, and I'll eat my words that – if yeah, they I called... did it. I just, I just don't know that the rain. Like they've had such a good run, but Houston is such a good team, and, and they such have a good manager. Well you know, them. it's it's really, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I think it does. I think we go to, we see six games with this, but I, I feel if, like Houston uh, the can thing pull about it out. streaky teams in the playoffs is like in the regular season, like the fire dies down. In October, it really doesn't though, because you sweep like. You go into the regular season, you sweep the Rays and the Orioles in back-to-back series. Two two best teams yeah. in the AL. Yeah. Most of the year. Okay, whatever. You're in first place. You sweep two teams in the playoffs. You're in the championship series against a team that struggled with the Twins. In the playoffs, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I have learned from watching... You know, the World Series runs for the Rangers and the championship run for the Mavericks is if your team's still in it right now, enjoy this because it's going to end and then you're going to, you might go three years, three, four years, or maybe 10 years without your team. Or if you're a Cowboys make it, fan. Or you're a Cowboys fan. Years. Hey, listen up, Jerry Jones. The Stars, Rangers, and Mavs have all made it to the championship, the semifinals, whatever you want to call it, within the last two years, all three. And arguably, you go back to 2011. All of them have made it multiple times. The Stars have made it multiple times the last three years. Yeah. But Mavericks, Rangers, the last 12 years have all made the, that multiple times, and you haven't done it in 26 years. I mean, we're hating on the Cowboys today. We are Cowboys fans, just so everyone knows. But, um, but yeah, we are Cowboys fans. We are hating on the Cowboys in, in classic fashion. But, guys, thank you for tuning into this episode of the leadoff. Hopefully we got you – Accurate, uh, accurately prepared for your sports weekend. Uh, listen to us live here every Saturday morning on the Peak One Sports Network. Uh, until next time, I'm Ashton. I'm Tony. Have a good weekend. See you guys later.